0: Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Controllers, Controllers and, and couches. couches. I am one half of the duo, Full Metal Chicken.
1: And I'm Steph.
0: And we are Controllers and Couches. So, in case you're wondering, this is our 39th episode. Uh, for all those who've listened to the other 38. I'm all... so sorry. Yeah, so for all the others who've listened to one, congratulations. This is the first. So, uh, yeah, we've... Um, Quite recently, we've nearly hit 500 views on uh, Podbean. So, yeah, that was quite interesting.
1: um, We released our Heaven's Gate episode yesterday afternoon, and we got more downloads in 20 minutes than our average episode gets in a week.
0: Yeah, that was interesting to see. So, thanks very much for that.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. We are very, very appreciative of you.
0: So, yeah, so... Any news, updates?
1: Welcome to day 15, 14, 13, 13, 14,
0: 14, from the Chamber. Yeah. Not the Chamber of Secrets, no. No. Um, I literally just, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to get a break. Um... Well,
1: thank God your workers re-agreed that Good Friday is indeed...
0: Close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I get a day off. (laughs) Wow,
1: wow! Paid day off too.
0: Absolutely, Um, but uh, essentially, let's see. I have been playing lots of Modern Warfare, but (laughs) we have here we go. Here we go. We've we've realised that I'm shit uh, at leveling up um, because (laughs) Steffafa. (laughs) Played... <laughs> you're, you're
1: not bitter about this at all.
0: <laughs> it's only taking me like how many months to get where I am at the moment? All right. Okay.
1: But... So continue what you were saying. So
0: <laughs> playing has has literally played for like four days
1: and not consistently across four days. Maybe no, an hour and a half. An hour day.
0: and a half here, hour and a half there, and is already you know over level fifty. Like I'm like not
1: level fifty yet. I think I'm only 47 or close to it.
0: No, forty
1: nine. No, that can't be right. Yeah, you're forty nine. That can't be right. I'm pretty
0: sure it's 49.
1: I don't think so. Yep. 49. Well, how long does it take you to go from a level to a level? Uh... Can you stop sweeping things? Because that annoys the yeah. microphone. Thank you.
0: So, uh, yeah.
1: How does it take you to go from a level to a level?
0: Well, yesterday... Stop I,
1: swiping and you continue swiping. Yesterday
0: I played like an hour and a half... No. I played like five hours. And I got an hour and a... Well, one... levels which is really shit so the difference being is maybe i should just go play hardcore like you do because yeah terribly terribly bad at the moment i did get i did unlock the season two pass though
1: well in my defense um i i'm over 48 thank you very much well, that's close to fifty. No, right, whatever. Um, in my defence, I didn't start playing. My friend messaged from uni. He messaged me on was it Thursday night or Friday night. I honestly can't remember. But he said, "Oh, hey, do you have the new Call of Duty: Modern Warfare?" And I said, "I could be tempted to reinstall it." Yeah. <laughs> so I reinstalled it, and then we played the next day. All right, like literally I said, "Oh, look, it's telling me it's going to take 16 hours to install." And then he said, "Okay, no worries. Um let me know when and I'll add you into my lobby." And then I it took 24 hours and I messaged him the next day and I said, "Oh, by the way, it just finished." And then he said, "Fantastic. I was literally going to ask you yeah to jump in." So I jumped in and I played and he plays hardcore cuz he's really into it and stuff and so yep. They're all about the challenges and unlocking camos and whatnot. And I'm just there to play objective, (laughs) to be honest. If I unlock a challenge, that's great. But I'm not too fussed about it. Does that make sense? I'm just there to fuck shit up. True. And, yeah. Um, So I think that's why also I level up quicker. is just because I don't take it as seriously as you. Like, you think you're enlisting in the army and you think it's an actual test
0: i get really really into it just stupidly into it it's like a case of i'll be objective but the problem is i get really critical over the little things which is why i switched over and was playing doom like you're watching me playing doom and i was just
1: well i don't know if you're gonna like hardcore mode then because hardcore mode is you literally i'm the only person below level 155. I'm the only person who's not... And I made a joke yesterday. I'm like, oh my God, everyone's a five-star general but me. (laughs) I'm just... At this point, I was like, uh, I think a 44. And I'm "I'm just low level 44. And then everyone, even who wasn't in there, Because it's different. Um, Everyone can hear everyone in chat if you're on the same team and when you're in the lobby screen. Whereas before, if you were in a lobby, sorry, group chat, like a party... Um, only the party can hear the party, and you can hear everyone else, but you can mute them. But now everyone can hear everyone. Uh. And so we were just talking smack, and then this other guy was laughing at us, and I'm like, oh, shit, they can hear us? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. And so I made a random friend because I cracked a joke saying, oh, my God, everyone knows. It's like a five-star general. And I'm like this lowly, 43, and then everyone laughed. But it was funny. Which is and, good But like I said Hardcore is really fucking shit So I don't No 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 It's shit in that You're not gonna get
0: See, Much I, I've played a few Hardcore lobbies In the sense that You know Playing Rust And playing You know Well Top third yeah. Of the tier Like in the 10v10
1: Oh yeah of course But, but the, You so, don't play hardcore You grind Hardcore yeah. That's what it's there for And, and it sucks like you will win five games straight, and then you'll lose six games straight. But the XP you get from it is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and see that's the thing because I've I've noticed I can churn out more more kills and stuff for camo yeah. in the easier like modes. Yeah. So I'll just spam shipment with a with a shotgun, and I'll go through and get like eighty kills.
1: Well, I'm an objective player, so I'm not so much worried about. It's- I I prefer like hard point cap domination. Um, I'm really good at headquarters. Yeah,
0: See, and that kind of headquarters thing. is frustrating when no one else is helping. Like when you're yeah. capturing, defending, I'm like, oh yeah. No. Well,
1: that's the thing. People play these game modes because, especially during um, double XP weekends, like what we've currently have, because is just people are going to get so much XP from it. And a lot of people switch to hardcore because again, you're gonna get more XP, just not weapons, but general yeah experience points. And so, like there is a lot of that. And we had a few, like this one guy yesterday, and he was just killing the team because he wanted to like so I would three quarters cap the flag, and then he would rocket me and then he would cap, get like get that last quarter of the flag and not realize I would still get points for capping because but I did the majority of the You In a hard it. you
0: get penalized for team killing.
1: But you get to kill two people without being docked for it. Yeah. And then after you kill two friendlies, the end of the damage you do to a friendly is your
0: damage. Oh, joy. Yeah, I Kind of get a little...
1: And then, so, we went on, like, I just said, like, can you please not we're on your team and, like, I can just shoot you as easily as you shot me and I can report you for unsportsmanlike behaviour.
0: Does that stuff actually work, though?
1: No, because people, like, you spam it.
0: Yeah, oh, I spam it, (laughs) all right. Let's see, like, last week, I think I reported someone, like, 300 times. I literally went mental. But, obviously, they were a piece, like, PC Master Race... And they were hiding in a forklift in the actual- You have
1: no chance if it's a PC player.
0: Yeah, actually, no. That's the thing. I ended up in a PC lobby and I came first.
1: Good for you, but in my experience, especially in hardpoint, you you got no chance. And we ended up... I've played one... Oh, shit. What's it called? It's like... Um, it's like 10v10. What's that game type called?
0: Um... Mosh pit?
1: Is it pit? Oh, I thought it had someone on. I'm an idiot. I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on it. But we ended up getting into one of those lobbies because um, the person I was playing with, one of their friends, wanted to play that game type because yeah. they were grinding for cameras. And it was the first time I've ever played them. Like, oh, have you ever played this before? And I was like, nope. And then they pissed themselves so laughing. Jeez. But it, they were so it was a PC lobby, like P, PS and PC lobby. Half of the enemy team was PC. We were lagging like there was no big problem, like, like it was nothing. And the person, like not my friend, but my friend's other friend, they have NBN and they were lagging Yeah. with 45 down. And then I was just like, I'm lucky if I get seven on a good day, but I'm not going to say that. And literally I could see my friends and my teammates zipping across the map as they spawned. That's how, like, so they would die and their body would, like, teleport. Not teleport, but be dragged to a spawn point. That's how laggy he was.
0: It's funny. I I just saw this, um, the, uh, I'm 14, you can hear my parents getting a divorce in the background. Starter pack. Screams every time they die. What? How? 725 shotgun. Riot shield. Claymore. um, In caption, uh, MAGA or Trump how <laughs> you know uh, many
1: people have the clan name Trump? Oh, I
0: don't get it. But then there's also the one where me after seeing the ninety thousand Modern Warfare player called COVID nineteen, I'm just just Oh, uh, I've got some
1: other good news. After nearly seven years I finally changed my name. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> my What what is it called? Your yeah, your yeah, Game Attack? For Xbox, so I'm officially—it's not my full Steffafar. It's one H short, but I'm pretty sure it's—is it zero seven or seven? Which what, what's one you Tech? I can't Stephify remember. zero one. seven. Yeah, it beats one H. Yeah. After the second far, instead of two, but whatever. That was fun, and I didn't have to pay for it because you get one region. Hashtag it's <laughs> Xbox, <laughs> and that's it. All right, um. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we hit the quiz? Up? Anything else you want to talk about? I haven't read anything. Do you want anything. to talk about the quiz and then... Go, or do you want to talk about COVID-19 now?
0: Uh, no, we can talk about COVID-19 Oh, before we
1: get in, um, if you have specific timestamps for stuff you're after, or if you want to get into the main topic, timestamps will be in the description. Yeah, have description.
0: um, And uh, yeah, because I think... Honestly, I was thinking of actually doing a COVID-19 piece, like an actual talk, but...
1: You mean like an episode I have to
0: actually type something and instead of. Research
1: you don't
0: want to of, do that. It's I'm this. Think of me as like a little, you know, fourteen year old Christmas day. Must level up and shoot and swear at the TV as much so as let you possible. So what you're saying is
1: you need some Adderall.
0: I don't need Adderall. What I need <laughs> is half a bottle of scotch. <laughs> oh. And uh, maybe you know a mission to Botswana or something.
1: Ah, fair enough.
0: So, uh, but
1: seriously, you can't tell me it takes you two hours to get one level up.
0: Do you hear the crickets?
1: No, I'm serious. <laughs> like I was It's playing... a game and a half for me and I'm the next level.
0: Yeah, like, I, I didn't get it. I was on shipment. Like, but are
1: you playing objective?
0: Okay, yes.
1: But are you proper playing objective? Yes.
0: proper objective, like Overwatch. See, so
1: that's your problem. See, so that's it. Mm-hmm. What i found is if you're jumping into objective games and you're just like, oh, I'm here for the objectives, but I'm also predominantly here to f- fuck shit up, and you kill people, that's how you get more XP than playing the objective.
0: Yeah. Well, you saw me running shipment the other day, and you saw me get, like, 60 kills with a like, and spamming the hell out of it, and it yeah. was, you know...
1: I reckon hardpoint is kind of like... Because you don't know where the enemy is sometimes, no. and so it's very... The spawns are shit.
0: They are and shit. And you
1: get pinned down very And seriously, very easily. if
0: you run shipment on hardcore and you run down the oh, middle... Oh, I've done it. And you just, you go, just go... No, you just uh, famed.
1: You're literally spawning into gunfire. flares. Spawning into thermite. Spawning into... Like the enemy is shooting a uh, friendly behind you and you spawn in between them.
0: I mean, I had a funny one playing um, Rust where there was a guy hiding in the middle of the map up top... Yeah. And he had a sniper rifle. And he's just and pinging off. I was hiding down the bottom behind a, I think it was a barricade with the, um, oh, was it the the Origin 12? And I ended up getting him. Um, I hurt by about the eighth hit marker. I was like, gotcha! And then obviously he called in an airstrike on me. So, you know.
1: <laughs> Who really won?
0: <laughs> Who really won? Fine. <laughs> You may have won
1: the battle But you lost the war Lost
0: the war And then I encountered him At the same time And like I kind of I think I made a friend He just didn't add me Can Um, you
1: stop sweeping?
0: Sweeping It's what I do It's how I sweep the battlefield With my skill Okay (laughs) I heard that person say Haha bullshit I agree totally with you If you can't enjoy Doing something well Enjoy doing it poorly And I enjoy doing it very poorly Uh, I'm so So when you
1: watch me play Do you kind of like go Oh
0: No it's more a case Of I sit and go Oh fuck you You know (laughs) It's It's like I'm sitting there watching but it. But I'm
1: not good.
0: Better than me. But I play
1: objective well. I carry when I play objective, though.
0: Well, you remember that time we were playing, um, I think it was Black Ops 3, and I was camping the flag, and I was camping so well, in fact, I was facing the wrong direction. I remember that. I was good at that. I did that well. We won because I was capping the wrong flag. Anyway, yes.
1: Um, quiz time quiz time. COVID-19 time?
0: COVID, uh, let's see, COVID-19 time. Well, obviously, people are starting to get a little bit apprehensive about going outside all of a sudden now. And
1: people are worried about when... They're... So there are two camps. There are people who have no medical respect or knowledge and don't understand public health emergency. And then there are people who are just like yeah, I'm going to stay home forever how long I need to and only send one person out like it's the Hunger Games. What it
0: is, it's the last of us. Quarantine edition. And I know for a fact that when I walk outside now, the neighbours cross the street. They see me and they cross the street.
1: I haven't seen any neighbours out.
0: I know. But when I see him, they cross the street. They don't go anywhere near me.
1: I just have, like, next door coming and going. He's normal yeah. stuff. And when he's walking the dogs and stuff, because he yeah. takes them out to go walking.
0: Yeah. That's um,
1: Apart from that, like, you know the dude who's at the top of the street with his mad motorbike yeah. and his Kingswood? Yep. I haven't heard him in two weeks.
0: I mean, I went out today just to grab something, which was necessity, Um, as they say, necessity alone makes you go out and venture alone. Um, but I went in there and it was like ghost town. I could have had two Colt 45s and like a little lacubra and literally walked in and it would have been something out of a saloon gun shoot kind of, you know, but it was the only thing that made me kind of go, uh, do you have shit for brains? Was... There was a lady there with a little table trying to take donations for the Cancer Foundation. Now, I don't know about you, but one, that is not essential. Two, why are you out trying to take donations? Three, which I already said, three, there's no point. There's no people. Why? Because
1: some of them are not volunteers. And like, you still have to donate to other areas of research. Yeah. Like the MS home lottery is happening right now. So if anyone's interested, go buy yourself a ticket. Yeah,
0: buy yourself a ticket. But
1: I'm not saying don't donate, but I'm saying stay the fuck home. Also, how is, as someone who loves Kmart, I don't always shop from there, but I go in every now and again to have a look. Why is Kmart an essential service?
0: Because I think with what's going on, there are some things you just can't close because if you close, people will riot. And like you said, people need to buy food. People need to buy, I don't know, faux plants. Because faux plants apparently help you fight cancer. Oh, supposedly. Stupid. You know, I don't know. Thank you for all the benzyaldehydes. Thank you very mm. much. Mm, how's your toluene? I don't know. Fuck COVID. I'm more worried about the amount of toluene you get in the library. Mm.
1: Is on actually shopping Insta though?
0: Yes. Alcohol. Lots of it.
1: Yeah, no, I don't mean just alcohol. I mean like chocolate, eggs. No, Easter people eggs like
0: honestly, from seeing what's going on at the moment, it is a disruption into the normal buying pattern. Like people are more obsessed with toilet paper.
1: Apparently now everyone's getting more obsessed with um, cake mixes. Yeah. Because they've got the kids at home and so all they want to do is bake. To everyone. give their kids activities. Yeah.
0: People want to make Play-Doh. People are getting yeast to make bread. Make your own bread. Make your own bread.
1: Oh, everyone. Um, look up Irish soda bread. Yeah. Easy. All right. Um, let's do today's quiz. Yes. All righty you there.
0: Okay. So your coffee order will reveal your personality. If this comes up with Modern Warfare Crybaby, I'm going to be like really, something really hilarious. Kind of okay, so what size coffee would you like? Um, small, medium, large, a really big one. Um, I'm going to go for... Large. Yeah, I'm going to go large. <laughs>
1: wow, that voice dropped. Large. What kind of coffee do you want? Hot coffee, iced coffee, cold brew, something else. I'm going to go iced
0: See, because I've been drinking a lot of cold brew lately. Well. Which is kind of iced coffee, yeah.
1: Yeah, if it's got ice in it, Mm. served at a cold temperature. So a cold brew is like you make it hot and then you chill it. Yeah. Whereas iced is. Yeah. Predominantly.
0: Sugar. What kind of milk? No milk. Dairy milk. Oat milk. Other milk. Dairy. Yeah, dairy. Um, honestly, for the people out there who said, um, soy milk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a new TikTok trend at the moment. Yeah. The guys are scared of developing moobs.
0: Yeah. Um, you adding a flavor. No. That's a
1: real question, isn't it?
0: Yeah. You adding a flavor and it's American, <laughs> of course. Uh, no. Vanilla. Caramel. caramel. Mocha. Uh,
1: I'm like a caramel.
0: But, but here's, this is where they've got the dumb. Like, yeah. This is where they've got the dumb. Are you adding a flavour? Mocha.
1: Mocha. It's chocolate.
0: You add chocolate yeah, to
1: coffee. It, it, it's a coffee type. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah.
0: No, I'm going to get no.
1: You adding sugar? No. Regular sugar, simple syrup or other sweetener? Nine for me.
0: Nine. Um, then we have what kind of cup? Well, obviously one you can put a liquid into. Um, you have a mug, a to-go cup. Brought my own travel mug. Martini glass. What is this? Um, I The
1: martini is espresso martini, darling.
0: Oh, okay, I would I'm
1: gonna go to go.
0: I'm gonna go mug.
1: Are you having a snack too? No. Cookie, croissant, brownie. None of these things I would normally have with a coffee. That would generally be breakfast. So I'm just gonna say no. Do I go cookie? Okay, go cookie. Okay,
0: I'm gonna go cookie. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Oh, here we go. I got quite, but deadly.
1: Are you kidding? Because we selected different things. I know.
0: I'm quite, but deadly. What
1: flavor did you go for? Normal?
0: Uh, Let's see. What flavor I went for? No.
1: But we did different things. Yeah. so
0: you've been called quiet so people underestimate you but you're hardworking smart and you surprise people because you're always killing it behind the scenes I'm not quiet I'm far from quiet
1: I get told to shut up on
0: a (laughs) secondly basis
1: that's when people really know you but when people don't know you you're generally quiet but then you're also really extroverted and you always want to chat with people
0: yeah but I can also be like super introverted which is a case of you need to put down no, no. Why are you put you can take you can take the scope off the crowbar, no put talking? it away. What are you talking Half Life? Okay, here's the other thing, just quickly, on the topic of coffee. Why is it that all these people can you stop
1: knocking? All these table. people are
0: complaining about, you know, trilogies and sequels and, you know, quadrilogies and whatever.
1: Because if your story can't if you're just stretching out a story to make more money, you're absolute scum. Yeah, but don't just put Ooh. out four books because.
0: Oh, I I sense Disney here.
1: No, what you sense is <laughs> a lot of why trilogies, quadrilogies, <laughs> and pentologies.
0: Uh, what I sense is a brownie croissant. At that moment, the air freshener actually. It's just not an go, air freshener. Know, it's a, it's
1: the mosquito. It's a bullshit thing. detector.
0: <laughs> it detected my bullshit. It was like, yeah. <sighs> Be away. Look,
1: you'd laugh.
0: Yeah, I but do since
1: laugh. we purchased that, how many flies have you seen in this area of the house?
0: Yeah, but that being said, how many submarines have we seen in the house? Ah, See?
1: If you know submarine is bigger than the block that this house sits on.
0: True. But what happens if there is in fact a submarine in the basement?
1: We don't have a basement.
0: Not that we know of.
1: We don't have a basement.
0: But I want a submarine.
1: But you're not part of the navy.
0: No, I could be, you know, outside the navy, but still have if a submarine. A
1: submarine, go to the toilet.
0: No, but then I could fill it with croissants.
1: Again, go to the toilet.
0: And fill it with croissants. <laughs> Imagine that. Hello, Hello. Oh, who is? This is my toilet croissant.
1: Okay, I'm cutting you off now. That is a real flush. Okay, yeah. um, we're getting into today's main topic. Anything else you want to add before uh, you ramble? Uh,
0: let's see. Uh, season three of Warzone. Um, essentially, new operators. One of them is an actually a retired Green Beret. Well, if you look can at, can you
1: it. stop shaking the table?
0: But I'm baking. So yeah. Anyway. Anything else? No, that was pretty much it. Uh, also, too, um, <laughs> we bought some Ceylon tea a while ago in a bag um, it wasn't from Coles. Ceylon I don't tea. recommend it. It's it's. Yeah.
1: Well, to be fair, wasn't it like seven bucks for two kilos of tea leaves? Yeah, I wonder why. And you were like, oh yeah, this is such good saving and we're going into quarantine, so I'm going to need this. Yeah, literally. And then I said, are you for certain this is an excellent requirement? And you said, yes, it's a necessity. So we put this $7, two kilo bag of tea leaves in the shopping trolley. You made, I had to, like, because of the whole, I think we got a what over a month ago. Uh Uh-huh. Um, And I cut the bag open and I put it into two containers. With a chainsaw. No, with scissors. With a chainsaw. And you don't use it. You don't drink it. So every day I make you a pot of tea with this
0: I'm now being force-fed Coles (laughs) Ceylon tea.
1: It's not Ceylon. It's just general tea leaves.
0: Well, it sounds better than saying, you know... Pakistani field tea it which wasn't is that's Pakistani what it's no, it says field tea. no sorry Sri Lankan it says Sri Lankan field tea I wanted me to
1: make you another pot of
0: it No pass but literally <laughs> on the packet it says Sri Lankan field tea. So essentially what you take from that is tea you know taken what? from a field from Sri Lanka. That's it. I don't
1: think that's what it says. No, I'm
0: pretty sure it says Sri Lanka. I'm no, not having a go. Lanka, For all those people out there thinking thing. that I'm having a go at uh, Sri Lankan tea companies, I'm not. On the bag it pretty much said uh, Sri Lankan oh, tea. The first
1: yeah, yeah you the did. And smell. that
0: background is the sound of the tea. Guess You know... I'm pretty sure that's what it says. Oh,
1: shit, you were right. Yeah. Uh, Royal Fields Pure Ceylon Tea Packed in Sri Lanka. There you go. STD. Yeah. 101.76 OPA Net Weight. Oh, it's 500 grams. Sorry, not two kilos. Imported by Bass Foods Australia. There you go.
0: Done.
1: Website www.bassfoods.com.au Packed by Imperial Tea Exports Propriety Limited. There we go. Packed in Sri Lanka with local ingredients. Best before October 2022.
0: Orgies are going to be pushing that.
1: Well, look, I make you one pot of this every morning. I know, right? <laughs> we're what? Like it's.
0: We're about halfway through.
1: Look, you wish you were halfway oh, through. Um... You're not even a third of the way through. I know, right? You're what? One tenth? Mm hmm. Yes. Uh, but I specifically told you not to get it. But I got we it. You were like, oh no, we're going into quarantine. We don't know if we're ever going to be able to get necessities like tea. And because you know, you were Great Depression in London. Oh, absolutely. In yes. the mm-hmm. early 1900s. So we needed to hoard tea. All right. Now you're done.
0: Uh, Can we
1: get into the main topic? Or sure. Do we have other ramblings of Madman?
0: Mm, Rambling Madman. Oh, I like that. That's what I should have called myself. I could have called myself DJ Rambling Madman. Imagine that. DJ, what you say. Uh, yeah. And okay. We, congratulations on the five. So before we that get into
1: today's this week's topic. Yes. Um What? Are you alright?
0: Yeah, I'm just rambling of a madman. Are you
1: done or are you good?
0: I'm good and done. Can
1: you stop shaking the table? I can't help it. Super glue your hands to your thighs. Well that do the trick. Alright. So today we're gonna to be talking about missing Mason Smith. When he went missing, he was 17 years old and weighed approximately 200 pounds, missing from St. George, Utah in the U.S. since the 1st of September 2015. He is a white blonde male with blue eyes and stands 6 foot 4. His family desperately wants him home safely, so anyone having any information should call 1-800-843-5678 one 5678 or the St. George City Police Department at one four three five six two seven four three zero zero. If you head over to Facebook, you can also find the Mason's Army page that's dedicated to not only finding him, but other teens that are missing um, that the web page showcases. Secondly, this episode is not to—it's not meant to minimize the pain and the loss that followed. Um, the events of what we're pretty much going to cover today Uh, we mean no disrespect to the family or to Mason himself, we're just covering a story because I think it's important to learn from things like that Um, and also I guess I should plug Crime Stoppers, so if you have any information regarding to any criminal activity or if you just want to report something that doesn't feel right, please contact Crime Stoppers. It's all anonymous unless you request to be identified and you can do that at crimestoppers.com.au or by calling one 333 0 and it's an independent non-for-profit organisation that's part of a global network and if you find yourself able to donate, please do. Um, Some other disclaimers that there is, again, trigger warning for today's episode. We will unfortunately have to mention suicide. Um, And again, just like the contact links that we spoke about last week, if you or someone you know needs help or crisis support, please contact in Australia Lifeline at 131114 or at lifeline.org.au. In America, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline on 1-800-273-8255 or at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. In Mexico, please call 5259-8121 or access saptal.org.au or if you're in the UK, there is a support line service at one708 765 200 Okie dokes. So, basic bio. Um, I wanted to do this episode specifically this week because tomorrow is Nathan's birthday and he will be turning 22. Um, so when he disappeared, like I said, Mason was 17 years old and he disappeared on the 1st of September in 2015 after he failed to show up for school. There's a lot of ins and outs that we're going to get up through and talk about later. So bear with me. But, um, most importantly, what's something that you would take with you if you decided you wanted to run away?
0: A phone, your wallet, uh... I birth certificate. Um, money?
1: Mason had to know those things. Clothes? Just the clothes on his back. A backpack? Didn't take that either. Shoes? What he was wearing. So he left behind his phone, his wallet, his laptop, and he hasn't been heard from since that morning. There have been multiple sightings of Mason. Um, more recently... The most recent one, I should say, was in uh, January 2017 in Sacramento, California. Um, We've already said that he's described as six foot four tall. He weighs approximately 200 pounds. He's got short blonde hair and light blue eyes. Um, So basically, the main references I have for you today, pretty much if there's any journal article, if there is, when I say journal article, I mean like, um, sorry, I should say news article. If there's any like, YouTube video, I watched all of that. I also watched the Disappeared episode, um, the documentary, so I tried to get the most up-to-date information as well that I'll talk about later, but I'm going to start from the beginning. So Mason and his family, being his mum and his dad, recently moved into St. George, Utah. Uh, His family said that he was a typical teen until he decided to test his parents' limits, but their punishment and their rules kind of triggered their worst nightmare, He left his cash, his ID cards, and literally, like we said, just had the clothes on his back. But he left a hidden cryptic message that it wasn't a letter because it wasn't addressed to anyone. It was more like a note, but he did leave it behind. It wasn't anywhere obviously lying out for someone to to find it and to read it. But it's never been released to the authorities, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, No one really actually knows what happened. It's just believed that he walked out of the door. Uh, Apparently on on Monday the 31st of August 2015, so the day before he goes missing, Mason texts his mum on the way home from school. And two weeks into the semester, he already had almost all A's. So for language arts 12, he had an A minus at 90 for basic academy skills. uh, I don't think they released that grade for him yet. For biology, he had an A 94. They hadn't released his choir concert grade yet for history 1.0. He had an A at 98 and college prep math, which is really fucking hard. He got an A 93. So Tracy is his mother and Darren is his dad. Um, Tracy said that he's a smart boy and he picks up on things super quick. His objective wasn't really to bra- brag sending his mum his marks, but it was more so to, to fulfill his end of the bargain because he had an agreement with his parents where if he kept his grades up to A's and B's and if he stayed up to date on all of his assignments, they would let him watch anime during the week. Um, so that was the deal because he was really into video games and anime. Uh, So his mum texts back saying, Wow, looking good, Mason. Have dad take you driving first. Um, So if you're not in the know about anime, it's described as adult cartoons in the documentary. But the plots of these series are very intricate. From what I've seen, they're very emotionally driven and very dramatic and intense. Um, Like you're talking about the revenge... Or people passing away and you avenging them and I don't know, like, what's your experience with anime? You watch a lot more than I do.
0: Um, it depends on what, you know, genre. I'm, I was always, well, I'm into the more sort of, uh, Mecca, like, so I, you know.
1: You watch Castlevania, that's not Mecca.
0: No, it's not. So, based on the game, of course, so anything to do with samurai, obviously they're really violent, but. A lot of these things hyper-violent, but it's more the animation style. Some of them are really, really, you know, articulate. And Sorry, that's not the correct word. Artistic. Um, artistic, yeah. So, um, yeah, things like ninjas and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, everyone's been watching Naruto. And, yeah. but, and one, uh, piece. one Piece. And One Piece. But, uh, yeah, uh, Transformers is one way to step out from it. Um,
1: Robotech, you're yeah. a massive fan of.
0: Massive fan Robotech. Yeah. Um, But see, even when I started watching it, I didn't know it was anime. Okay, yeah, it's
1: alright. So you're not giving me the answer I wanted, but never mind.
0: Violent, colorful, violent.
1: (laughs) So, however, despite his achievement, his parents decided to give him something else to do first. So, he and his parents lived in the picturesque town of St. George in Utah, which is near the borders of Utah, Arizona, and Nevada. And just for our purposes, I put an image from Google Maps in here, right? So you've kind of got St. George in the middle above um, Grand Canyon. National Monument Park up there and Vegas is a little bit down towards the left there. So the city has approximately 80,000 residents and was described as a tourist mecca. Mason was the youngest out of six kids, three boys and three girls. He was described as being coddled and babied and he was taken care of by his older siblings. Um, Tracy says that all of his older siblings' first words were dad, but Mason's were mum. Was, was mum, I should say. Um, he was a mummy's boy and there are so many pictures of the two of them and they just look absolutely gorgeous and happy together. And you can tell how close they really were. Um, so he was described as being the last one in the nest because he was the only one out of all the kids that still lived with their parents uh, Mason's family had only recently moved from Canada and in the beginning he wasn't really sure if he wanted to go and on top of, I guess, the stress of having such a big move it was literally right before his senior year which is our equivalent of year 12 so you just finished year 11 and in your final year, just before your final year starts your parents are like, not only are we are moving houses but we're moving countries Yeah. so that would be a big deal so that means that he'd have to make new friends and leave his old ones behind. His old siblings had already gone in their own directions. So he wasn't really... He didn't commonly reach out to them or anyone else. But if his siblings contacted him, he would respond. But he wasn't really instigative in terms of conversation and connecting. He was described as being... He is described as being very shy. Um, when... So the big push to them from them moving from Canada to Utah was that he and his mom were dealing with a lot of depressive symptoms and they wanted to move to a place that had more sun and they thought that this town would be the best. So he and his mom actually moved first and they uh, picked up, moved over in April of 2015 um, because his dad was working out of the area on some construction projects and Tracy says the two of them just ruled the place. Uh, she began a new job as a clinical director and he started summer school um, because apparently all of his high school credits didn't transfer from Canada. So you had to do some making up, if that makes sense. Yep. But Tracy says that they absolutely loved their downtime together. They would often go to Pioneer Park, which apparently has a fantastic lookout of the valley in which they lived. And she says, look, this is the happiest our family has ever seen him. He said that he loved the school, he loved the environment, and he always said that people were so kind there. Um, Then they say, look, at six foot four pound at six foot four, two hundred pounds, he could be an imposing figure when he was approached, but he was his mum says that look he was delightful, but he was a quiet and gentle giant. Yep he had a deep-seated sensitivity from his youth That's not my words. That's what his family said. Apparently, he once struggled with childhood aphasia, which is a language disorder that affects one's ability to communicate. And because he had a delay in his speech development, this caused him to throw tantrums because obviously you can understand if people aren't understanding you, that's going to make you stressed out. That's going to make you upset because you just want to convey something, but you just can't get it out and they're not understanding what it is you're trying to say. So when you have that communication barrier... I can understand how that would be hard. Absolutely. Um, So one of his sisters that was closest in age to Mason, she and Mason, uh, well, they were very close. And she was able to understand what he was trying to say. So she would sort of bridge that gap in communication and kind of translate what he was trying to say. Um, So as he grew up, he obviously went through speech therapy. He was able to learn how to speak. But his family was still able to recognise recognise the traits in his voice, even though he was, admittedly, a lot clearer. Um, apparently kids in school are absolute arseholes, which is no news to anyone. No. And so that made him a target for bullies.
0: Yeah, rightly so. Uh, so
1: yeah. So he ends up telling his mum that he was pretty much being picked on every day at school in senior sorry, in junior high. And that that was affecting his self-confidence. Um, but he also was trying to get into music. He had dreams of becoming a rock star. Apparently, he really loved music. And personally, I think from... Like, we hear stories all the time of a lot of people saying that music is very therapeutic. They Not that you can really diagnose someone to take up music. But they do say, like, find a creative outlet. And a lot of people turn to music. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's uh, He would spend a lot of time writing lyrics, singing them out to himself, strumming himself along. Um, since he was little, though, he absolutely loved video games. Apparently he was very good at them, which I <laughs> can't relate. <laughs> um, as he got older, he got more and more into anime. His parents say that he became addicted and watched it in every spare moment. Um, so it's not like... It's not that his plan after texting his mum was like, Hey, look at my grades. I've done so super well. It was pretty much just to say, Look, I, I've done what you've asked me to do. I want to come home and I want to have a marathon session. Yeah. When he texted his mum his grades. So when all this is going down um, on the 31st of August, his dad, Darren, had just come home three days early from Salt Lake City. Um, and his dad kind of moving in and coming home was a really big change for Mason. And his dad was very much like trying to turn Mason into a man, which is kind of like a dad's job. But I think the way he went about it with Mason was very yeah, not the way Mason would respond. And so he kept saying, like, you need to be social. You need to get a job. Um, you need to be very self-reliable. I want you to go out there and get your license to drive. And apparently he was he being Mason was dragging his feet and getting his driver's license. So his dad was really like pushing him to take lessons and clock up those hours. Um, and he would say to his mom, look, I don't feel confident. And then Tracy would say, look, the only way to develop confidence is to get behind the wheel, is to drive, yeah, is to get those hours. Do. That's the only way you're going to get confidence. So his dad says, look, you know we got to go driving, and Mason says, I'm sorry, I have a headache, and he tries to get out of driving, and he and his dad reschedule for the next day. So Tracy ends up getting home that night on 31st of August at approximately 8pm. She walks into his room, and the lights are pretty much off. The room was dark. He was in bed. And she leans against his bedside table and asks him what was going on. He said, look, Ma, I don't really feel well. She told him to get better soon. She kissed him on the forehead and pretty much just left him to it. But before she goes to bed herself, she unplugs the internet router. Um, So he wouldn't be tempted to stay up all night on the internet watching anime or playing video games. Uh, So apparently summer had just ended... So he was, he had a lot more freedom during summer where he could stay up past 10 pm. But during the school week, his family were very strict and enforced a 10 pm electronic curfew, which I think is kind of a good idea. I don't know, I like I didn't have to have that because I didn't have the internet at home and we weren't really big into electronics, I guess, in 2010. But I can see how it'd be a big deal now, you know what I mean? I, yeah, so I'm not saying that. Uh, curfews aren't important, but I'm saying that it's not something I had to deal with. Does that make sense? So that, w- that was part of her normal routine. So she would normally take the router, unplug the cord and stash it somewhere. But because she was just so tired from work that day, um, and in hindsight, she says, look, I think it was a bit lazy of me to not follow my normal procedure. She just unplugged the router and left it there, like left the cord there. Yep. And then at one thirty a.m., on the 1st of September, Mason's dad, Darren, hears some noises in the house. And so he gets up and he sees some blue light coming underneath Mason's door. And so he opens a door, sees Mason watching anime on his computer. And Darren takes not only Mason's laptop, but his phone too. And a lot of people, retrospectively, has asked Darren, did this kind of lead to any altercation? Did Mason say something to you? Was he short with you? Was he upset? And Darren says, no, Mason had no reaction to it. He just handed over his devices and whatever, you know, went on about his life. So Darren takes both the phone and the laptop to his room and puts them on his bedside table and says, yeah, look, he did plug the router back in and he was watching anime, but he and Tracy end up going back to bed. So at 7 a.m. later that morning, uh, the family start their normal routine. Darren goes and knocks on Mason's door and asks if he's working up yet and then goes back to bed. A little while later at 7.30, Tracy and Darren hear Mason getting ready in the kitchen. And then at 7.40am, they hear the garage door close and that's part of Mason's standard routine because he has to generally walk two minutes down the road to catch his bus at the corner and both his parents assume that that's where he had headed. I would like to point out that at this stage, he doesn't have his phone. And he doesn't have his laptop.
0: Yeah, so he's got nothing.
1: Right? I don't know about you, but I would think that... My mother would have given me my phone because I was going to school.
0: Something's not right.
1: Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, even though they've confiscated it because I did... I was an idiot. Not that I'm saying Mason's an idiot, but if I was being an idiot all night and I was up on my phone, my mum would have taken it and she'd be like, I need you to call me when you get to uni or when you get to school. Yeah. Right? So that's my experience but mason's gone to school without his phone yeah but neither of them actually physically saw mason so they have literally no idea what happened to him after he left that garage door so some time ticks by tracy leaves for work darren was still at home he ended up going to the gym and he spent most of the day working in the backyard So he was hanging around the house because Mason was going to have a driving lesson that they rescheduled for that afternoon after he finished school. So like clockwork, at 3.15, the school bus drops off the kids at the corner and Mason doesn't get off. And then Darren waits till about 3.30 and then he realises that he has no way of contacting Mason because he's got both his laptop and his phone on his bedside table from earlier in the morning. So Darren texts Tracy while she's at work and says, look, Mason didn't get off the bus. Mason hasn't come home. And then Tracy goes, you know what, maybe after we confiscated his devices, he's just blowing off some steam. She checks her email while she's at work and she notices that she has one from Mason's school saying that he didn't even show in that day for roll call. And she says, look, if he didn't go to school, maybe he didn't even get on the bus. So, at this point, I did some calculations, and you go from 8 to 3, like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., right? That's seven hours. Yeah. I don't know about you, but you can literally get across the New South Wales and the South Australian border in seven hours. Yep. Which I, you know, the far side being the South Oz or the top side being New South. You can get pretty fucking far on seven hours of a head start in my opinion. Um, so Tracy heads home straight away she can't think that of any places that Mason might be hiding out in. They try to open his bedroom door um, when they get when she gets home from work but they find that it's locked and that's very different because he has never locked his bedroom door before. So they somehow end up breaking into his room and when they open it nothing looked out of place. Um, everything looks normal and they think, oh, it's a Tuesday afternoon. Sometimes Mason would go to the, um, after school church group meetings and they think maybe he went there and then they call the church and the church say, sorry, we haven't seen Mason. So they wait until he's 10 PM curfew to see if he's going to come home and 10 PM comes and goes and he did not make curfew. So this is when the family goes, you know what? He's actually run away. Yeah. And then at 10pm they finally decide to contact the police and that point it's been over 12 hours since anyone has heard Mason because the last time they heard Mason was at 7.30 when he's rummaging around the kitchen and they haven't seen him since 1am that morning which see, is 9 hours. Poof, gone. Right. So you literally again, like I said, you could be anywhere. And then so an officer from the police department obviously has to come to your house to fill out this report. And he said, you know, I'll drive around and I'll keep my eyes open. And Tracy really thought that the police would find him, whether it be walking around or on a bench or whatever. Um, And at this point, I think it's worth recognizing whether we're dealing with a pattern of behavior or not. I'm not saying that this should detract away from finding Mason, but it's worth noting that Mason had actually run away before. Um, and we know that when you're taking these reports, it's considered more serious, unfortunately, if the person has never had a history of running away. Yeah. So if I went missing and the police, you call the police and said, oh, she hasn't come home from uni today. I haven't seen her in 12 hours. The police would say, well, she's an adult, but is this normal behavior for her? Does she go off the radar for 12 hours without telling you? And then you would obviously say, no, like, she's never gone missing. She's never had any unexplained absence. And then they would say, okay, it's, you know, this is serious. Yep. Whereas if you had said, yeah, she kind of drifts off every now and again and she disappears for a couple of days at a time, they'd say, well, how do you know exactly. she's not doing that again? And unfortunately, I think that affected Mason's case. Yeah. Um, so, basically, he was, like, his family said that he was angry because he felt like his parents were taking away his rights by taking away his devices. Apparently, they had previous, uh, so the previous time that he went missing, his family took away his Xbox. Yeah. Uh, because, again, he was having a really kind of big gaming binge. Um, and his family decided that he wasn't paying attention to school or any of his responsibilities. So they were going to take his Xbox away from him until he kind of reprioritized. Um, and then his sister says, look, he got so angry. He thought, that he felt like their parents were taking away his rights by taking his Xbox console. And then at 10pm that night, Tracer he's the front door open and close. And then... She takes a few moments and she realizes, shit, my son has just walked out of the house. Yeah. Um, Apparently, he took a sleeping bag with him, some food from the kitchen. He had printed some resumes and he was going to make it on his own, get a job and support himself.
0: Yeah.
1: So, now I must ask, they heard rummaging the second time, was that him raiding some food? Maybe. Right, maybe he had a sleeping bag stashed. Yeah. Um. We don't know. Maybe he had stuff printed out and was going to go make it on his own. We don't know. We don't but know. when he first ran away, um, it was in the middle of December. And I'm not from Canada, but I can just imagine how bloody freezing cold it is, especially at 10 p.m. in the middle of December in Canada. Extremely. Um, and realistically, from what I can imagine, people aren't supposed to be outside when it's that cold for that long because no. you could literally die. And so Mason felt the same, and in Canada he returned home under his own free will after a few hours. But the time between his first runaway attempt and this time that he went missing was two years. So he wasn't like repetitive behavior where they he's run away, they've moved, he's you know they've moved to Utah, and then he's decided a month in, let's bail. Yep. So his mum says that he was not a confrontational or combative person. He was more silent and brooding and that he preferred to remove himself from the situation. And then so the day that he goes missing comes and goes. And then it's the 2nd of September. Yeah. Tracy decides, you know what? Um, I think his absence is temporary. He is going to come back. So I'm going to go to high school and she had to pay for his graduation grant and tassel. Yep. Um... And I'm not here to say that this is true or not, but in the spirit of discussing everything that I read about the case, there is a lot of people, there were a lot of people online, specifically on Reddit, who saw this as suspicious behavior and saw it as a cover-up. I'm not here to point fingers at the family. I'm just telling you what I read. There is no way that I can substantiate those things. It's just some shit I saw on the internet. But in hindsight, I can kind of... It kind of falls into two categories for me. A cover-up or second, she can say, look, Mason, you have to come home because I've paid for everything. Like, it's another reason for him to come home. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So I look at it and I kind of go, okay, he's got, he's probably gone somewhere where he can just watch anime constantly. Yeah. That's the addiction. So he's gone somewhere that has anime and he's that's all he's doing. He's What's to say he's not working in an anime shop just...
1: Well, from what I have read online, and I can't substantiate it because I didn't see any news reports or anything. But a lot of conventions that were in the area, yep. and a lot of stores printed pictures of Mason, kept an eye out for Mason. So they felt he was being If there was a then. convention, they had a booth that was like, "Help! If you see Mason, you know, help find Mason." Yeah. And that kind of thing. So they did look. Again, I can't substantiate those um, things. I just read them again on the internet. Yep. But it, from what I can tell, if that's true. It happened. Yeah. Um, so she waits around for him and day two, he never comes home. And then she decides to go back into his room and that's when she discovers that his school binder, which she would have needed to take for school, was on the floor in his closet. Um, and then this leads the investigators to believe that he, he had hidden it underneath some clothes to make it look like he had taken it with him. That maybe he was trying to hide that he wasn't going to school that day. Yeah. Um, And then kind of more alarming here is she finds his wallet in his room. And so in my mind, if someone doesn't take that, they're not planning on being gone for long at all. Or they have an alternative. Yeah. Because you need cash, you need your ID, you need your wallet if you're planning on going somewhere, would be my thought. But again, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so this is where Tracy kind of realizes that Mason left the house with, like we said before, just the clothes on his back. It doesn't look like he packed a bag. Everything in his closet kind of looks accounted for in her eyes. Yep. So Tracy reaches out to his other siblings and their extended family to update them and let them know that Mason has gone missing and to pretty much just keep an eye out for him. Maybe he's gone to a sibling's house, a relative's house, so he's still with family. But it's a break away from his parents. And then his sister was surprised because she knew that even though up in Canada he was depressed, it seemed like he was turning a corner. Meanwhile, the police are still patrolling the neighbourhood. They're still not finding any you know, trace of, Na- of Mason. And then the police department decided, look, we want to ramp up the case, so we're going to start interviewing the parents. And then the whole problem with the family dynamics kind of came to light here. They were a bit more concerned with the fact that he didn't take his devices, so his phone, his laptop. Um, No kid, teenager, is going to leave their Xbox behind. No. Like, it's one of your most expensive belongings. Yeah. That's my opinion, but um, the red flag started popping up for the detective because he thought that Mason would have been able to leave a digital footprint behind... And in modern day forensics cases and missing people's cases, your digital put footprint is very heavily relied upon, you know. Yeah. we are going to see where your cell phone pinged from and narrow it down to an arc like we did with Tanya Ryder. Yeah. Or we're going to GPS track you or we're going to follow your accounts to see if you're making, exchange, you know, if you're ta- making purchases or taking money out yeah. and any activity on any kind of account. Um, He had a Facebook page, but he wasn't very active on there. He didn't reach out to friends or any members of his family since he disappeared. His mum, Tracy, tries to do a bit of investigating herself, and she calls the bus depot and asks if the bus driver, essentially, if he even got on the bus. She contacts the other kids, and everyone says he wasn't on the bus on the 1st of September 2015. And so the detectives really commended her for being so involved. Yep. Um, and we find out in the documentary that the area that they live in is qu- very quiet. So it's very residential. The only traffic is the people that live there. yeah, Or the tradesmen coming to serve the people who live there. So you're only driving around if you only need to be there, right? It's not like it's a main thoroughfare or anything like that. Yep. There's a lot of homes being constructed in the area at the time. And if you walk outside the boundaries of the town, you essentially hit the desert. Yeah. So of the coming days, his family, siblings and other family members end up coming to town and they decide to really ramp up the hunt for Mason. They print out posters, they distribute them everywhere and the hope is that someone may have seen him. Um, The family also reached out to the Mormon church community because they are apparently extremely supportive. Everyone in the family um, is Mormon, i.e. a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, except for Darren, who is agnostic. And apparently this is a very united church. It's very neighborly. um, And they organized a lot of search parties for the family. And then tips started coming in because of all the posters everywhere. And people were saying that they saw someone of Mason's description holding a sign saying Las Vegas. So that leads you to believe that this person was trying to hit a ride yep. to Vegas. Um, the person was reported being about five miles from the family home on an exit ramp to Interstate 15. Uh, apparently three people saw this boy and reported it. And this obviously would ignite a lot of hope for the family. And what we find out is that this highway connects Vegas to Salt Lake, and from where they live, it's two hours to Vegas and four hours to Salt Lake. So it's a it's a corridor. Which way did he go? kind of thing. And then so on both sides of this intersection are numerous gas stations. So his family, and I was very interested that his family contacted the stations, not the police. That his family contacted the police st- sorry, his family contacted the gas stations and asked if they captured any footage of Mason on their security feeds and so while they're waiting for the gas stations to get back to them um, with the footage, another tip comes in and someone says, I think I've seen Mason, or at least someone fitting Mason's description in Vegas and so the family kind of add the two tips together. You know, someone that looks like Mason at the gas station. Yep. Someone that looks like Mason in Vegas and then go, well, he might be in Vegas.
0: Might be, but uh, what well in doubt, go to Vegas.
1: Well, you've been to Vegas, so, you know. Big sandbox. Um, these two sightings, like, correlated to their family and they said, you know what, maybe that's where he's headed. So Darren decides to hop in his car and he makes the 120-mile, or 193 kilometer trip himself and starts walking the streets of Vegas. Are you looking at anything in particular? No, just Okay. So um, what I found out is in Vegas, there's this group called the Red Rock Search and Rescue Volunteer Group. And they had already, without the family knowing, um, distributing flyers for Mason. And so Darren... You know, I didn't know about that, but they're all patrolling the streets and whatnot. Darren doesn't end up finding Mason. And look, just looking at pictures, watching movies, I can only imagine how big the city is. I know it's a massive tourist spot. And it would be so hard, even though he's so tall, it'd be so hard finding him amongst so many people. Like, you've been to Vegas. What does it look like? I don't know. It's just like...
0: ...casinos and, you know... I can imagine, like, like hordes
1: of people just yeah. going everywhere.
0: It's pretty damn crazy.
1: So Tracy decided that she was going to stay at home... ...while Darren was in Vegas... ...because she wanted to be there in case he came home. Um, one of his sisters tracked down his passwords... ...and then they said, you know what, we'll see if he hinted at anything... ...what his search history was like, what he was doing. So they run up his uh, YouTube browsing history... And apparently he had deleted um, data up until 12.30am on the morning that he went missing. So an hour before his dad woke up and confiscated his devices. Yeah. They didn't find anything on his phone. And the only thing that they could find is the fact that he texted his mother. Um, He hardly touched his Facebook account. He actually made a post on the 1st of May in 2015 that I found saying, Who needs friends when you've got Xbox and Netflix?
0: Oh, jeez and then eventually sorry ominous much I know
1: um and then the devices eventually got taken by the police so it is possible that he may have hidden usage on his phone or other devices but the police say that they don't really think that he used them to communicate with people like he just watched movies played his games watched his anime and that's all he used those devices for yeah um and then eventually the family find like they get ...back the security footage from the gas stations... ...and the family find out that the mysterious hitchhiker was not Mason... ...but another teenage boy that looked very similar to Mason in description. And then six days later... ...I don't know what possessed her... ...but Tracy started going through Mason's things again. And this time instead of just touching his wallet... ...she went through his wallet. And then she found a note... Um, It was folded numerous times and she knew right away essentially what it was. Apparently it was very emotionally deep. It was two pages long. It was handwritten. Um, It wasn't dated and it wasn't addressed to anyone. So it's not like it was a letter.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, The detective in charge said that you could tell that it was written from the pits of his stomach. It was very personal. Um, And the letter has never been released to the public. Yeah. They've only released two words. And that's I'm done. Yeah. Um, so his mum thought that this meant that he was done living uh, and that he was in so much pain that he wanted to unfortunately take his own life.
0: She's really sad.
1: However, the St George Police Department say that um, the note wasn't left out, it wasn't left out to be intentionally found. Um, so that means that it's most likely looking like he wasn't looking to follow through. Yeah. Uh, after Dar- Darren took his devices, it's thought that that's when he wrote the letter. So his dad takes his shit. It's one thirty. He gets out and makes So essentially, pattern. you could
0: look at it and go, "Okay, well, you know, you've taken my Xbox. You've taken my anime. finally, Okay."
1: Yeah. Um, and then so they describe what they feel like he was saying in the letter, but they never actually release the contents of the letter. Um, So basically what they said was he voiced how he felt about his devices being taken away and the empty promises of his parents. And the detective says, look, this probably took him the most of the night to write because it was so gut-wrenching. He apparently described his inner turmoil. He expressed how he felt like he wasn't a good person. And no 17-year-old person should believe that they're not good. Um, And then... He said, look, I want those devices... Well, apparently they're insinuating that he said in this note that he needed his devices to take him out of being in his own head and by taking them away, he felt really broken and lost. Um, apparently depression was a really big factor in his life and we are, again, not here to judge. Yep. Um, apparently two years after... so two years earlier when the family still lived in Canada, he was going through a lot... How dare you, Honk? Yes. He was going through a lot of pain and he admitted to his mum that he had tried to take his life. And so that resulted in him being hospitalised for about a week because he had suicidal thoughts and tendencies. His mother thought that the move had helped him, but this note really made it apparent to her that he was still in deep emotional turmoil and distress and no one should have to go through that. No. So the police start to think, given all of this history, where would he go to follow through? Um, The family say, look, we don't have guns in the home. No one has any pills, prescription or otherwise. And then um, what I didn't know is both statistically and psychologically, when a person tries or decides to commit suicide, they tend to do it within a mile radius of their place of residence because they want to do it in an area that they feel safe. Yeah. Um, So the police found that there's a 30 foot cliff edge near the home, but they didn't find any trace of him there. And then another week rolls by, any tips that have further come in have been ruled out. And then a neighbor, her name's Sandy Lyman, um, she was driving past their house because next door to them is where she drops off her daughter for dance lessons every Tuesday afternoon at around 3.15pm. And so she drives past the Smith family home, drops her daughter off for the dance lessons next door, and then she has to, like, turn at the other end of the street and get back to, like, drive past the Smith family home, if that makes sense. Like, you go up one end of the street, you drop someone off, but then you, like, kind of reverse and go back the other way. And so she sees Mason walking, and she drives past him. So they're, like, anti-parallel lines, right? Um, and they essentially like run into each other. And she has interacted with a Mason at church functions before. And she's very, so she knows what Mason looks like. She's very adamant that it was Mason walking away from his home. So this changes the whole timeline. Yeah. If he was in fact in the neighborhood that afternoon, this means that eight hours after he disappeared, where his mother heard him leave the garage, he was still in the area, he was still nearby. And then maybe he he wasn't impulsive, like if he was going to, I don't want to say off himself, but if he was looking to follow through, he would have done it straight away. But the fact that he was seven hours later suggests that something, um, you know, held him back and he wasn't on impulse. Uh, so three weeks later, volunteers from Red Rock Search and Rescue in Vegas converged onto the outskirts of St. George, Utah, in the desert outlying areas. And they searched for two days. They had six horses, six cadaver dogs. They conducted the largest, uh, the widest wilderness search for mason that has ever been done to date um, in case... You know, he did head into the desert they estimate that they covered 30 or 40 square miles and yep. in our language that's 78 to 104 kilometres square his family were very grateful but still no trace of him um, and then the family decides to open the Help Find Mason Smith Facebook page and now with all this extra publicity the family is being asked some tough questions including had he been suffering from anything else and then people are shit on the internet. And then, so they started circulating rumors about Mason's sexuality, saying that he was gay. And then Tracy says, it doesn't matter. We love him regardless. Him being gay, like, how's that going to help us find him? If it's going to help us, tell us where to go. Yeah, You know you what get? I mean? But it's not going to... Talking rumors on the internet isn't going to help them find their son. And she says that there was no indication that she saw... That Mason could be gay, but even if he was, it wouldn't matter. And that's, if anyone's opinion counts in Mason's life, it's his mother's. Absolutely. Because they had that bond there. And then five months later, people started insinuating that Darren, his dad, had something to do with his son's disappearance. And believed that he had killed his son. Now, I want to play this audio clip for you, and then we're going to talk a little bit about it.
0: some people think that I, I I killed my son and it was uh, it, it's, it's devastating I called up the police and I said look I want to do everything I can you know come into my house I'll take a lie detector test just to pr- prove that I'm innocent I got
1: um, so both Darren and Tracy volunteered to take a polygraph test and I know we've spoken about it before but I want to point out again Um, it's important to kind of restate that polygraphs are not exact. Yeah. They're pseudoscience. Yeah. Um, They they don't always work. No, they don't. So, nevertheless, Tracy said that um, they both passed the um, polygraph tests, but the St. George Police Department have declined to comment thus far, stating that it's still an active investigation. Yeah. So time ticks by, his family's still struggling with the pain of his absence. Um, apparently in church, Mason and his mum would hold hands to, you know, just connect. And so if, um, you know, if there was a passage that made his mum cry that was being told to the congregation, he would, and he would hold his mum's hands that way, you know, she felt like he was there
0: yeah. and it was
1: super close. Um, Tracy hoped that people were right in speculating that he was away from... Oh, so basically the new thing then was, because he's been away for so long, um, maybe he's waiting until he turned 18 so that way he'd technically legally be an adult and then his parents can't tell him what to do. He does not have to live under his parents' rules. And then maybe he's going to come back and contact his parents, specifically his mother, right? That's what people were speculating. Tracy, when she got wind of that, was like, you know what? I hope that that's the case. Um, And then seven months after he disappeared, his 18th birthday comes and goes. Apparently, Tracy actually held an event that day to raise awareness about um, Mason's disappearance. They organized a cake, and he never showed. And he never contacted his parents on the day of his 18th birthday. Yeah. when his parents and police release, sorry, when his parents and police decided to put up a missing poster, his family put a ten thousand dollar reward, and everyone hoped that that would kind of pull people and tips in. And then in late July in two thousand and sixteen, specifically in Salt Lake City, and this is eleven months after his disappearance, a new tip came in. Um, two sisters were eating lunch at a Panda Express. And they noticed this guy staring at them from eight feet away, and then so this guy approached these two sisters and asked if they had any change for the bus. And they, the girls, remember this event as being memorable because he was very polite. He was very kind. They like gave him all of their change, and he just wanted enough to take the bus, and he gave back the rest. Yeah. So like in the in the um, reenactment, the girls like shoveling you know, handfuls of coins, and he's like, just, thank you, you know, just enough for the bus. Yeah. Um, So they get home, and they tell their mother, and their mother brings up the Mason, like Mason's Mason's army, Help Find Mason Facebook page, and they say that the person did look like Mason, that they saw. Um, And they also noticed something unusual in his speech. And so they obviously contacted the people running the Facebook group and Tracy reaches out to them and she asked them to listen to Mason's voicemail. You know how you leave a voicemail message on your phone? So that way if someone calls you, you tell them, Hey, leave a message after the tone, you know, yeah. and you do that in your voice. They listened to that and they said it sounded exactly the same as what Mason sounded like.
0: Yep.
1: And then they, uh, so the St. George police approached the Panda Express and said, could you please hand over your security footage? But get this, the cameras were not working. Mm. What is the point? I feel like in a lot of cases, the security cameras are not working, or they don't have the footage, or it was deleted. Yep. What the hell, right? And so the police go, it's okay, we'll look at nearby stores. Um, But I didn't find any information about them finding Mason on any cameras any security footage on nearby stores or what if they could catch this person that looked like Mason Um, so at this point in the documentary the lead detective says that she thinks that the only way that this case will get solved is if someone calls in and gives them information and to the person giving the information it may seem seem insignificant but it could be crucial for Mason's case Uh, Tracy believes that her son is still out there living his life but his other family members disagree. She apparently paid for his phone bill every month for years. Um, Even though his phone was in evidence because she thought feels like the only number that people really know by heart is their own. And she was hoping that even though the phone was locked up in evidence, he would eventually call that number if he wanted to reach out. And she felt like, look, that's the only barrier from stopping him from contacting me. If I cancel this phone, that's it. Um, and then apparently a couple of years ago, within a year or so, she just had to let it go. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and it was very, very hard for her. It felt like a very final event. Um, his dad, Darren, is in a completely different mindset and says that he thinks they're looking for a body. Yeah. His sister says that he can stay away if he wants, but she's still holding on to hope that he will contact them. Um, So more recently, last year was Mason's 21st birthday, and one of the administrators on the Facebook page called for members of the group to write a letter to Mason's mother, or to Mason himself, and she said that each year comes and goes, and they don't have answers, and it's very, very painful for her to watch his family and close friends, and the quote was, the heartache and not knowing is unbearable at times. I try to celebrate an anniversary or birthday or advertise searches with with as much hype as I can. Um, I also found a very lengthy article that was published by Mason's uncle last year. And I think he's a radio journalist. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to quickly skim through that article, if that's okay. And he said recently search warrants were released to suggest a crime may have occurred in his disappearance and that his parents, my brother and my sister-in-law, may have been involved in a crime involving their missing son. Throughout the investigation, there have been discrepancies between what Mason's parents, Tracy and Darren Smith, have told the St. George Police Department, Red Rock Search and Rescue and the media. These discrepancies all point to the fact that Tracy and Darren know more information surrounding Mason's disappearance than they have disclosed, the police wrote in an affidavit dated June 21st, 2017. The Deseret News and KSL have collected and reviewed nearly a dozen search warrant affidavits filed by the St. George Police. Several of the warrants state the police are collecting evidence to investigate the crime or crimes of criminal homicide. When a child goes missing, people come out of the woodwork to help. Psychics, people who had their own children missing. There is no handbook, no guidance to follow on what to do when a child vanishes or who to trust. But whatever way you choose to act, you will face incredible scrutiny. And his uncle goes on to say, I've watched enough law and order to know that they look into the family first. I don't know what happened to my nephew. I wasn't in the house that night. If I had two words to describe my brother and sister-in-law, I would say great father, incredible mother. The investigators were concerned enough about his parents' alleged inconsistent statements. that They placed a GPS tracker on Darren's pickup truck to monitor his movements, according to an affidavit. His brother told the police and KSL that he did not know he had been monitored by the police. But he had welcomed the scrutiny because he believed he would clear his name, saying, I've got nothing to hide. Some of the warrants openly raised questions about the actions and statements from Mason's parents, including allegations that they never called detectives for updates about the case, but they didn't participate in searches for their son and made inconsistent statements. There was an organisation, Red Rock Search and Rescue of Las Vegas, that got involved from the beginning. I know because I have first-hand knowledge. They came and took over. Again, you don't know what to do or who to trust. They told Darren and Tracy a couple of things. First, let us be your contact with the police. And his uncle says, I've had several conversations with the head of Red Rock Search and Rescue about contacting the police. In fact, they badmouthed the St. George Police Department to me several times. Second, I was there when the organisation said they wanted my brother and sister in law to stay home during the initial searches. They were instructed not to go out, Tracy was told. We don't want you to find the body of your son, they said. Let us handle it, they said. We know what we're doing, they said. I was there. I was there in Vegas where my brother and I spent a day and a half combing the strip among thousands and thousands of tourists looking for Mason and came up empty. I was assigned the task of being the liaison between the searchers and my brother and sister-in-law. I would raise my hand over a Bible in a court of law and testify to those facts. I was directly involved. I'm adding my testimony in the court of public opinion. My brother and sister-in-law were told to stay at home and wait for the phone to ring. What they were instructed to do is now part of a news story that has caused the public to doubt their actions. This, for me, is a cautionary tale. So that was a lot of stuff that, was that I didn't know, right? Um, apparently, when I... Like, I went to Reddit, and obviously you have to take everything on Reddit with a grain of salt, right? Um, but there was this thing saying that Darren went to the gym. So... In the morning, right? They think Mason's gone to school. Trace has gone to work. Darren went to the gym. And then the time that Darren went to the gym is different to when his ID card at the gym tapped him in. Yep. If that makes sense. Like there was an hour and an hour and a half gap difference between when he says he went to the gym and when he actually touched on. Um, and then some people reasoned maybe it had to do with like daylight savings or something like that, that the system wasn't working, but I couldn't find any information about that. Um, I found that Mason had wrote a similar note what people were saying on on Reddit so again, take this with a grain of salt but apparently um, someone said that Mason wrote a similar note when he lived in Canada Someone said that Utah had the highest rate of teen suicides, and so I looked at the state government, um, the Utah state government statistics, and I found that in 2014, which is the most recent data I could get, Utah youth suicide was 8.5 percent. Oh, sorry, was 8.5 per hundred thousand population. So, in 8.5, sorry, can I say that again? Yep. In 100,000 kids, 8.5 of them would commit suicide. Yep. And this is kids aged between ten to seventeen, um, and apparently that's the highest rate anywhere in the U.S. Jeez. Um, there was apparently a search warrant in that was placed in December of two thousand sixteen, and that said that Mason reportedly left for school. Uh, this is where like. Darren went to check in at the Vasa Fitness at 7.45am, but his bus was scheduled to pick him up at 7.41am, and the Smiths lived about 10 minutes away from the gym, so there was a lot of thing about the time. And then people started speculating that maybe Mason and his dad got into a physical fight when he took away his devices and... Um, something had happened to Mason, and then the family wanted to cover it up. And that I would say is very harmful, unless there is evidence for that, because the room didn't—his room didn't look like there had been a fight. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Tracy wouldn't have let Darren no. touch her son in that manner at all. And she would hear that. You know what I mean? You'd think, especially if Mason is as tall as he is and as big as he is, like you're gonna know when a 200-pound person's throwing something around. You're gonna know about it. Yeah. Um. And then I found that the Smiths, so the parents, divorced in May of 2018 after more than 30 years of marriage. Both have since remarried or are engaged. Um, Tracy lives in Washington County, while Darren lives in Salt Lake County. Uh, in September last year, they conducted what they called their last search for Mason, saying that it was time to move on. And apparently, um. Tracy organised for a park bench to be put in somewhere in St George with a plaque about Mason on it um, so people can sit there and again if you have any information about Mason Smith please contact the St George Police Department on 435 627 4300 and now I must ask you both, you good sir and the listeners at home what are your theories?
0: I think he went rogue I think obviously he's depressed but because the amount of I suppose time he's been away, and there has been sightings. What he's doing, he's seen, he's a he's a highly intelligent individual. Oh hell yeah! So essentially, he would have. He he knows what's going on. He, he knows what's going on, so essentially, think about it. He's so his father's come back. More friction has arrived. So he's he's moved out, He just left, he's gone, okay, yeah. yep.
1: He's just removed himself from the situation. R-
0: removed, like literally just went, okay, yep, done. Okay, you're, you've caused me harm, I cause you harm. Um, so he's gone off. Essentially what he'd be doing, I reckon, is following up on, you know, what he's addicted to. It's anime. anime. He's addicted to anime, so what he's doing, he's, you know, he's out there, but He's probably met some like-minded individuals and, you know...
1: No one knows who he is. Nope. That's the point.
0: No one knows who he is.
1: He probably, you know, he can... But I don't know how easy, like... How easy is it just to change your name?
0: Easy. Like, Even if you don't have a birth certificate? He's, he's living kid? off the grid. He's watched enough anime... To know how to And there's enough it. stuff to know how to and live you off can, the grid. Like,
1: you can get cash-paid jobs, right? Yep, under the table. He's young. He's a smart kid. Like, smart kid. Like, you don't just get those grades... Yep. And you mention that you're telling me that that kid isn't focusing on school with that credit yeah. score, with those you know what grades. That
0: kid, he could even have gone and got you know employed by the government. You think about it, but I
1: feel like if the government knew, they would say because the the police would have to like they're not going to waste money. They're not going to waste the searchers' time and volunteer effort and money, right? FBI so they would say No, no no, no, no. But they would say, this person is no longer missing, and off the books they wouldn't say anything about it, but they would close the case. Potentially, yeah. That's what would happen. So I don't know. I yeah. want discounting the fact that he'd be good enough to work at some government organisation. Yeah. But what do you do? I think it's... Part of me... Like, I want to say he's still out there living his life... But then, like, he was so close with his mum, I can't see him just writing her off. Yeah. Even if he didn't have such a close relationship with his dad?
0: I think he's just... Or do you
1: think he's like, oh, she's moved on, I'd do more. Like, imagine that. Like, you can say, I'm done searching for my son, but you're never going to get that. You're always going to have that loss there. with. Even if you found out what happened to your child, you're always going to have that in the back of your mind, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Or is that just me?
0: No, I think that's, you know, potentially what's happened. I think, you know, highly intelligent individual gone off the grid. That's, that's what he's doing.
1: So, yeah, that's this episode for today. I'm sorry that's a bit weird, but I think we're everyone's just tired. Everyone's just lost. Everyone's just dazed and confused. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, please be sure to let me know your thoughts, theories. If I missed anything, um, please let us know. If you are looking for the podcast, we actually have a topic request form. So you can go in and submit um, whatever topic you want us to talk about. It also asks you for your name or social media handle so we can credit you and your pronouns so we can address you correctly.
0: Have we actually been getting any like, I requests I and comments?
1: Little, I, I, I'll have a look. Um so we've got App Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune In. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at controllers and couches at gmail.com. He's Full Metal Chicken. I am Steph five except for an Xbox where I'm steph far with F-A-F-A-H. Yeah. You can add me as a friend. Um, and we can do some grinding on hardcore together. Yes. If you want to play objective with me.
0: And if you don't want to play objective and you just want to scream at things, I'm full metal chicken and I'm on the Xbone live (laughs) with that. I'm also on PS4 or PSN, but I don't really go on there that much because generally I'm offline playing Witcher. um...
1: Oops. I accidentally uninstalled that. Someone actually asked us to cover Coronavirus. Oh, sweet. As we did the epidemic. Cool. But they want us to start a pandemic one. Okay. And they didn't put their social media name or handle or okay. their pronouns. Cool beans. Joy. We,
0: we can do that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just me mentioning MHC Complex for the last three episodes. Probably did it. Probably. Probably.
1: Alrighty. Anything else you want to cover before we wrap it up today? I feel yeah. like today's episode flew.
0: We did fly. And the good thing is, this time it didn't fucking crash.
1: Oh, tell you what, that's beautiful. So, um... Alrighty, yeah. that's so, it for
0: me. You got anything else to add? Uh, no, just, um, may the Call of Duty gods be, you know, nice to me until I have to go to work.
1: And Mason, call your mother.
0: Yeah, call your mother. I mean, feel free to call us. We'll call your mother for you. Um, if you have any good anime you want to recommend, recommend. You know what you should do? That'd be good. If you want to be Mason a career... Mason Mason recommends. Honestly, no joke aside, if that's what you want to do, at least just let people know...
1: That you're okay.
0: You're okay. Do what you want, man. You know? Do what you want. You
1: don't have to tell people where you are. They just want to know that you're okay.
0: Because every anime has a credit that states and gives, you know, acknowledgement to what's going on. At the end of the day, anime is just anime. All
1: right. Don't say anime one more time. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. May the force be with you that's what you say and also with you you're doing... terrible Catholic it's good Friday this week
0: I'm doing Vulcan oh, hand signals happy
1: Easter everyone yeah Merry Christmas the next Christmas. episode we'll be recording is on Easter Monday yep um, we're ready I bought everything last... well, I actually got you to buy everything Woo. last week because I wasn't going out the there thing. we got the salmon we got the asparagus we got the lemons we're good to go I'm roasting that salmon the lemons um, may the force be with you
0: and also with me
1: Live long and prosper.
0: Yes. And also, just just so we know Happy um, Easter. If
1: If you celebrate.
0: Yeah, if you do follow Star Trek, um, fight, tell me someone comment. I, I wanna I just want to test this out. There's a scene in I'm not gonna say which movie or series. God. but oh my there's a scene gosh. in Star Trek where a character or characters are in a specific moment that is, you know, a little bit quarantine-y. So uh, yeah, if you know the name of that episode, comment in. Do you I, know the name of the episode? Yes, I do. So I want to. Um, Maybe you should do that
1: at the start of the episode, buddy.
0: Uh, oh well, you know, better oh, late yeah. than never. But yeah, thank you very much. And yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say, but it's. It's between. Okay, it's between Don't two characters. Don't say
1: anything. But nothing
0: else. And yeah, comment I just want to see if someone's going to comment. Okay, that's it. I'm out. Done. Full metal chicken. Off. signing off and on to modern warfare yes and on that note i'm off just off all right buddy okay i've been cut off thank you for laughing for far agree. out yeah i know right uh, okay adios muchachos signing off home time. off to the fridge yay i like trained